Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is ESPN Radio. Man, I'm late. You know, it's dark, so I'm creeping around the crib. I don't want to wake nobody up. Now I'm smelling something. I'm like, what in the world is that? <laughs> Dog decides to number two all <laughs> over the step. Like, now I gotta wait, you know, because I ain't cleaning it up. Already late. Duno gonna kill me. And then I Duno's get like, here, how do I get dragged into this? I get here. I parked. I get to the door. Left my ID in my car. I'm like, uh, all right, cool. So I'm like, so, you know what? Brisk run. Get my blood moving because I'm already a little hazy. I trip up the steps. Man, how do you trip up the steps? You're asking a lot of questions. <laughs> Why wasn't Yates in that clip going to clean it up? Uh, oh, he Whose told job him, is that at your household, Yates? Sleeping. He told his oh, girl who no. was sleeping to clean it up. Oh, heck no. Oh, it's, heck no. First of all, it's not my dog, technically. Number oh, one. you're wait. Hold on. You but and your girl your live together, correct? So yes. the dog lives with you. That's your yes. dog. That's that's your dog, Yates. But, but I was already late, so if I would have had to clean it up, I'm a thorough, hygienic type of bull, so I would have to clean it up twice. Or, or, or I, I don't know. I, I, let me just dig deeper that's into the is worst the dog, excuse ever. Is the dog really his? Because what I've heard, Amber, is you know what what what's mine is yours, and what's hers is hers. Right. See? So, I tend to employ that strategy hmm. until it comes to cleaning up ah, my dog's business, hmm. in which case my husband better be on board as well. Like my dog is still our, well, my dog is, ah, my dog, ah, ah, when he's doing right, the right thing. but he's mine. See? But he's mine. No, my husband and I have been together so long now, though, that when I entered this relationship, I already had my dog, yes. But at this point, we have been living together for a decade. That man better clean up as much as I clean That's up fair. when if it comes I, to this ten, responsibility. If I had an extra cushion in like 10 minutes, I'd have cleaned it up. But I'd have, I was already No, late, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's I, a lie. I, I, no, it's not. That's you chose lie. Nuno over your uh, over your relationship, and that was a terrible choice no, there. No, because if I would have came in gonna, late, everyone would have been on me. Oh, Yates, you came in late. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then it's a whole different set of problems. See, he, see this is this is why you're not married yet, Yates, yeah, because you're concerned about Nuno. Wow. You haven't learned yet happy wow. wife, happy no, no, life. It's, it's, yes. it's, wow. it's more important no to make your woman happy than it is to make Nuno happy. This just proves to me why, you know, when I'm like my crack staff, this is what happens, right? <laughs> Yates shows up, not because he had a clean number two. Yeah, exactly. It's because he had to wake his girl up. So she could clean it. he had to avoid it. Yes, and then guys, Pat, you know, can't, unit, can't get guys. to work. We we're not, a, a, we're not a tight unit right now, okay? Like, oh, everybody's throwing everybody under the bus. We need to be on the same team, okay? That's Let's tighten up. the best kind of unit, Jay. I think that might up. be the best kind of unit. Is- Amber Wilson and Jay Williams hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. You can also watch us on ESPNU. Speaking of tightening up, they will be a unit together next season, the Los Angeles Lakers, because apparently LeBron James pondered retirement after the season, which he did mention to us, Jay, but also it was like 
the least newsworthy thing LeBron James has ever said or done, right? None of us took it seriously. Like he tried to pretend that he was pondering retirement and quite literally the entire news cycle here at ESPN, we just kept it moving because none of us believed him at all. But he did announce last night at the ESPYs and apparently he is not retiring. Take a listen to the Lakers forward. When the season ended, um, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. In that moment, I'm asking myself if I can still play without cheating the game. Can I give everything to the game still? Truth is, I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple years now. I just never openly talked about it. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, Can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. Lucky for us. So uh, there's a lot to unpack here, Amber. And this is what we're going to do because LeBron James is the gift that just keeps on giving, okay? By the way, the internet exploded last night. So many people were talking about, I was on the edge of my seat, wondering if he was going to make his retirement announcement right then and there. But, like, I want to address something before we even get to lucky for you guys have another year, which, frankly, I do feel as a fan – I am going to be lucky enough to have LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, or in that discussion. I'm starting to tend more towards Michael Jordan in my life, but that's fine. Like, still in that discussion, one or two, right? I am lucky to get a chance to see LeBron James play. But let's go back to what he originally said. I wrote it down. A lot of experts told you guys what I said, but now I'm speaking for myself. No, LeBron. You are the one that floored it with retirement. You're the one that said it. You're the one that talked about wondering how long you're going to play this game after you lost and got swept by the Denver Nuggets. We didn't manufacture that story. You did. So, like, this whole thing about all these people telling you guys that I'm going to retire and all these different things, don't believe them because now I'm the one telling you. I'm sitting there saying, well, you're the one that told us you were flirting with it in the first place. What the hell is going on? We didn't manufacture it. We hardly talked about it. This feels so calculated on LeBron James's part because I think what happened is after the season, he makes a flippant comment. I don't know if I'm going to continue playing. Yes. We barely mentioned it. It is one of the least the the least conversations I've ever had about LeBron James. Something LeBron said, like it was nothing. If we really took it seriously, we would have been wall to wall here on ESPN. LeBron James may retire. None of us believed it. We just kind of mentioned it and kept it moving. But I feel like LeBron makes that comment because he's thinking in his head, I'm going to make this comment right when the season ends. Like, I think he already had that in place, right? Like, if I lose game four, I'm making this comment after game four. I'm emotional. I'm going to make this comment about pondering retirement. And then I'm going to come out at the ESPYs and I'm going to unretire or not (laughs) retire. And I'm going to announce it. And everyone's going to lose their minds and be so happy that I'm coming back to grace them for another year. And I feel like none of it actually played out the way that it played out in LeBron James's head because none of us took it seriously when he said he was thinking about retiring. And so it fell flat when he came out at the ESPYs last night and said he's not retiring. It's like, all right, great. And well, I the mean, sky's blue. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, people aren't stupid here, Amber. Like, we, it's not just that they lost game four. They got swept. Right. They got swept, right? Michael Jordan has never been swept before. Oh, here we go. Okay. Like, so here like, we go. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not turning this into a Michael Jordan, LeBron James thing. But when you're thinking about legacy, 
when you're thinking about one of the greatest players of all time, anything and everything will be used against you in the court of opinion on who's the greatest of all time. It naturally happens that way. So when game four is over and you're like, damn, I got swept, how do I change the narrative? Let me talk about the potential of retiring. But nobody really fell for it. Nope. (laughs) Because we knew, like, wow, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are the real deal. They just swept the Lakers. So it fell flat on his face. But still, we're talking about LeBron James today. He is one of the greatest players to ever play. And whenever he opens his mouth about anything of importance of retirement, we are going to give it attention and time. But, like, still, I mean, last night it worked. We're still talking about him. There's all these headlines, these articles. But we know what time it is. Yeah, the time is that he's coming back. He's yes. playing more basketball, and he's not even close to yet, done yet in his late 30s. And we all knew that. I mean, we knew he was going to – when he signed this extension with the Lakers, we knew what was up, right? And he said all the things that he said also about wanting to play with Bronny. And that means, by the way, that he has to stay in the league right now. <laughs> he has to stay in the league for a couple more seasons mm-hmm. if he wants to try to accomplish that goal. I know he's walked that back a little bit of late in terms of maybe what Bronny's actual desires are himself. But – The way that he's playing, the clip that he's still playing at, at this point in his 30s, he wasn't going to hang it up. And no one's ever accused LeBron James of not being a hard worker. I get what he's saying in that clip where he's saying, when I can't give it all to the game, but certainly his desire to work hard and give it all to the game apparently hasn't subsided at all. And we haven't seen it make an appearance on the court. He's not the player he was at his absolute height, but he's still a hell of a player for the Lakers. And as long as people are still talking about him being a hell of a player and in a position to potentially compete in a Western Conference and win a championship, he ain't going anywhere. Here's the exercise for you, Amber. You ready? Um, Can we imagine if LeBron James did retire last night? Okay. Think about the moves that the Lakers made in the offseason. Like, you and I have talked about this. We got into a little bit of a spat about this because I know that you minimize it. But to me, I think it was a big move, right? A guy like Gabe Vincent, who was a starter in the NBA Finals, didn't play his best basketball in the Finals, but for most of the season and the playoffs, played a high level of basketball. They were able to steal him away from the Miami Heat, okay? Now, that adds Steal? Oh, I, I, I mean, Steele might be overstating Steel, okay. it. He did make if you want to get an offer. About one word. The See, Lakers used their entire mid-level exception. I'm just saying. This Go is, ahead. This is why I know it really rubbed you the wrong way. This is why I know it. You're going to take one word, and you're going to try to pin me down off one word. That's what we're going to do, Amber? I mean, Steele, you're, you're suggesting the Lakers stole. I'm just saying, the Lakers offered more money to Gabe Vincent than the Miami Heat did. Okay, all right, fine. So let me, I'll do that if that makes you feel better. They offer more money to Gabe Vincent than the Miami Heat did. I still think it's a monumental loss for the Miami Heat, especially if they cannot land Dame Lillard, okay? But anyway, you got Gabe Vincent, you got Torian Prince good defensively, you got Cam Reddish who has potential talent, okay? Oh, come on. Cam Reddish has potential talent. Fine, potential, great. Got it, potential. Amber, I'm just going to tell you (laughs) who you're surrounded with and who you work out with matters. Right, so like I look at some of the teams that Cam has been on, Atlanta down in New York. Like I, I'm not saying that I think Cam Reddish is going to be a great player, but Cam Reddish still has potential, and that could be unlocked if LeBron. If there's anybody that can get Cam Reddish to be better, it's LeBron James. I'll I mean, just there, state that there's nobody in the National Basketball Association who doesn't have potential, right, and doesn't have talent. Well, there's a lot of people I look at that doesn't have NBA. potential like Cam Reddish. There's but in this scenario, you're saying LeBron's retiring, and this hypo that you're setting up, no, so LeBron's I, I, not even there to help. No, Cam so what, so my original point was with the pieces that they added, signing back Rui, signing back Austin Reeves, getting D'Lo for the deal that they got him on. 
Like, they have a, a legitimate chance to win a championship next year. They're going to be one of the favorites in the Western Conference. You're telling me LeBron James will retire knowing that that's right on the verge? Right. No way. Uh, yeah, no way I mean, he would do that. I'm not nearly as high on the moves that the Lakers made as everybody else. Like, I don't think they're bad moves. I still think that they had a good offseason. Don't get me wrong. Everybody was acting like the Lakers absolutely won free agency and gave them A++++ grades. I mean, I think they made nice moves. I just don't think that they were a Gabe Vincent away from winning an NBA title. Nevertheless, you're right. A lot of people feel strongly like you do about the moves that they made this offseason. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely not the time that LeBron is going to retire. He's not going to retire when he feels like they are still in a position to compete, even if I disagree, because I don't think that I, they weren't even close. I mean, they got you, swept you by the Denver, Denver Nuggets. You that far ahead of the Lakers? Yes. I, I mean, we're I talking don't. about a team that got swept, and don't don't throw at me. The games were close. No, I Bruce mean, it's not Brown. close if I you get Bru- swept. I think Bruce Brown is a huge loss for Denver that nobody is talking about. Well, I agree with that. I do Nobody's think he's actually I, I think that the that the Nuggets had a had a bad offseason and the Lakers had a good offseason. But that doesn't mean that the Lakers just catapulted the Nuggets. I, I didn't say they did, but they're right there. Uh, I don't know about right there. Right, I would I mean, say they are what do you not mean right, right there? there. They got to the Western Conference Finals. Is that not being right there? I mean, is AD and LeBron going to be healthy in the playoffs? Isn't it, I mean, look, I, I'm not sure Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray are going to be healthy. They haven't been healthy for a long time, too. It's a oh, war of attrition for a lot of teams. Jamal Murray. He, he was excellent. He was postseason. excellent, for sure. He's come back from those injuries, and he's a heck of a lot younger and more durable. I mean, well, maybe not more yeah. durable with the injuries that he suffered, but he's a heck of a lot younger and could be more durable in his career than Anthony Davis, who I know is. Like there's no, there's no part of me that's like, oh yes, AD this season, he's going to be out there for the entire season and the entire postseason. We've fallen for that too many times. I hear you. I mean, you're also talking about a history of injury with Kevin Durant, right? You're talking about, I mean, things around Devin Booker as well. So like, all I'm saying is like, you know, like crazier things have happened before in sports, Amber. Crazier things have happened. Like Britney Spears. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Should 19-year-olds know who Britney Spears is? We will finally put this debate to bed here on ESPN Radio once and for all. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. Amber was stunned that Mark Morales not only was not a fan of Britney Spears, but could not name one song. My recollection of her was when she shaved her head, going through, you know, the court stuff she's going through, Uh her strange social media posts. To Uh me, it's not about the music. Yeah. Uh It's not like her music is like 
Staples in the, what are you, the culture. Hold on. Of what are we talking about? Her her music isn't staples. Like, it is. it, it, no, hit me, it's baby, not. one more time. Come on. What are we talking that's, about? That's, Amber, I'm telling you right now. That's famous. It's a regional hit. It's not a regional she hit. That was a mad. Now you're just trolling. Regional. Nah, was, you're insane. Al, you're, you're completely insane. That's Britney B. Yeah, I can't go as far as regional. I can't do that. Alan Yates Alan. calling Britney Spears hits regional. Regional, uh, not cultural. Listen, listen, regional. Listen. It was a misspeak. I didn't get a chance to explain. Although you doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on it, by well, the way, yeah, on I social media. To. I got to now because people coming at me, my my mentions and anything is hot. So I'm like, That's look, I'm gonna just roll with it. That's what happens. I mean, like, I hate I, Yates. I, I, That's I how say, you find him on social. And he's been swept twice. You learn things. Things happen. We're things happen. Now we're better. That is the voice of Jay Williams. You can find him, Real Jay Williams, on social. I am at Amber W Sports on social. But again. I hate Yates if you want to go after him for that terrible, <laughs> terrible take. Let's bring in some help with all things Britney Spears. David Dennis oh, no. is an Anscape senior writer. And, David, you host a podcast called Rap Story. So you know a thing or two here about music. I need you to weigh in on this debate. First of all, was Britney Spears a regional artist? And second of all, should Wembenyama recognize Britney Spears? Okay, so I had to call in reinforcements here. First of all, the regional thing is insane. It's <laughs> insane. I love, I love my guy Yates, but I'm sorry. I know Britney Spears from Kentwood, Louisiana. I was born right up the way in Lafayette. Ain't nothing reasonable about Britney Spears, man. That's that is national, international hit of uh, of acclaim, right? I called in some reinforcements, asked my 17 year old, "Hey, do you know Britney Spears?" My 17-year-old was like, of course I know Britney Spears. Like, what kind of question is this? Like, Britney Spears is well-known all across the land. I'm pretty sure Wimby knows who Britney Spears is. And this feels like a, a sort of sort of retaliation from the incident where he's pretending not to know Britney Spears. She sold out shows in Paris when he was like 10 years old. Like, she, course, he knows yeah. what was going on with I'm Britney sure Spears. he knows who she is. And she's not a regional star. She's an international star. I, I, I get it. A lot has transpired, right, like since all that stuff has happened. But, like, the whole video thing where she hasn't received a public apology, I'm like, you could lose me with that. Like, just they it's lose a little me much with that. Point. Come on. Like, stop. Let your ego down for one second, Britney. Okay? He doesn't <laughs> owe you a public apology. Keep your hands to yourself. I, I agree with my guy Weezy FJB here who knows exactly what he's talking about. Like, there is no reason for all of this public apology stuff. Britney Spears rolled up on Wimby, tapped him on his on his shoulder, sort of invaded his space. And the, the thing is, like, if Wimby had done that to her, her security would have tackled him. So, like, th- there's no need for a public apology. Just let the bygones be bygones. I'm personally skeptical about how much... Uh, of a fan of Wimby Britney Spears is like that's the debate we should be having not if Wimby knows who Britney Spears is if she knows exactly who this guy is or did you just see this tall black dude walking around and say this is a basketball player I need to you know, I, go introduce I, myself to him <laughs> I will disagree on the front that I do think the Spurs should have said something I thought it was really weird that they never came out and, and, and uh, addressed this issue when it was their security that ended up in an altercation there with Britney Spears nevertheless David Dennis and Scape senior writer joining us here on ESPN radio last night LeBron he told us he's not retiring I don't think any of us thought he was retiring David but he told us he's not retiring what did you make of his I'm not retiring speech? Uh, it was, it's perfect. It's peak LeBron. This is LeBron setting the narrative 
and responding to news that he created. <laughs> this is the thing. Like he's responding and saying that the reports of his retirement, which he started, are inaccurate. And so this is all this is how what LeBron does, man. This is how you change the talk. We're not talking about him getting swept. We're talking about is he getting is he going to retire? Is he coming back? I mean, this is this is peak LeBron. This is the guy who on the eve of Wimby's debut posted his uh rookie Sports Illustrated cover on Instagram stories talking about who had more hype than me. Like this is what he does. Like this guy still got some ego, man. This guy still wants to be top dog alpha male of the NBA. And so he is letting it be known, look, I'm still here despite what everybody else is talking about. David Dennis, Anscape senior writer, joining us here on ESPN Radio. I'm Jay Williams alongside Amber Wilson today. It, David, I, I obviously I, Amber and I were talking about this with LeBron James, and, and, and I get that. That's what LeBron James does. Great. He's going to come back and play next year. I, I do want to talk about another team in the Western Conference, though, and I'm curious how long you think this will take. Uh, because Dame and his team have made it pretty obvious that they want to be in Miami. Joe Cronin, the GM of the Portland Trail Blazers, has responded by pretty much saying, great, we know where he wants to go, but we'll do it on our time. What time do you think that will be, and do you think Portland will extract the assets that they think are deserving in return for Dame? This is – there's no way Dame Lillard starting the season with Portland. They're, they're just, it just can't happen. I mean, you've already – got your future infrastructure there. You got Scoot. You got all this. You don't want all this drama circulating these young players who are trying to get their career started. This seems like an owner who is trying to stretch the best deal he can possible when the deal is already on the table. There's not a huge, robust market for Dame Lillard. No disrespect to him. He's one of the best players in the league, but he's still um, early 30s with a $65 million contract coming in, in, in year four. The market is really... Boston, Philadelphia, Miami, and Miami has good packages for him. They have a, a lot of trade, a lot of picks that by the time that that Miami squad is not that Miami squad anymore, that could be really valuable to Portland. So it feels like that is the deal that makes the most sense, regardless of how much they're trying to stretch to get a little bit more. Maybe he's lobbying for a second round pick or something like that, but this feels like a done deal. It feels like he's going to Miami and there's no way this can stretch into the season. David, see, I with you, I'm with you too. I want to dig into the trenches though for one second though. What does this say about what's the difference between having a no trade clause and not having one? Like, what's the point of having that in your contract? I mean, it, Dame is without a no trade clause, and yet here he is dictating where he wants to go on his time. Well, the difference is is that the team that he you know where he's going to go, he's locked in there. I mean, that sort that uh, to- torpedoed. Bradley Beal's value by putting that trade clause in there. Yes, Dame Lillard is going to where he wants to go as, as you know, theoretically, hopefully he's going to where he wants to go. But that is more so about the years that he put in, the loyalty that he has to that team and what the Portland Trailblazers feel as though they owe Dame. And that's sort of where we are right now. I mean, the he would be getting half what he's getting if he had this, this no trade clause that Bradley Beal had. David Dennis joining us, Anscape senior writer. Another player who is supposed to be on the move is James Harden. Is he going to end up playing for the 76ers? Man, I I thought the Clippers thing was getting some momentum. It feels like they're at an impasse somehow here. And I think James Harden might actually 
still still be with Philadelphia when this season starts. What we know about Daryl Moore is that he does not make a trade unless he gets the exact value that he wants for that player. Now, what he says that he wants for the player at the beginning is always a little bit higher, a few tiers higher than what he actually thinks he's going to get. But he does not, Daryl Moore is not somebody who gets outdone in a trade. He does not settle. He is willing to let James Harden stay with that team. And there is a belief that that squad can sort of help things you know, help him figure out, make him want to stick around. But if you're the Sixers, you have to think about what Joel Embiid wants. And does Joel Embiid want to deal with a situation where two out of three years now, he is dealing with a superstar who does not want to be there and all of this drama about trades and all this stuff, when this guy's trying to win a championship. So that should be the central idea of what you want to accomplish with this team. But the trade market for James Harden is withering by the day, and it feels like he's actually going to start this season with that team. David Dennis, I'm getting choked up. I'm sorry, David. You were just, you know, you're you're just so full of information and so excellent. David Dennis and senior writer. David, thanks so much for joining us. All right, David. I see you with the Weezy. Uh, Thank you. It's it's the Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. My God. We're getting we're getting momentum, man. We're getting some Lil Wayne momentum, man. I see it happen. I saw the side by side picture. It's coming, man. The movement. The movement is here, my guy. Jay Weezy. Jay Weezy coming up next here Amber Wilson and Jay Weezy here on ESPN radio I gave you my top five quarterback wide receiver duos now it is Jay Weezy's turn that is next ESPN radio is also on the ESPN app we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. We love to rank things here. Yes, we do. At ESPN, it's what we do. I ranked things earlier. I ranked those quarterback wide receiver duos. From five to one, here's what I had for you. I had Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson at five. I had Tua Tungavaloa and Tyreek Hill at four. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown at three. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs at two. And Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at one. Jay Williams, the floor is now yours. Yeah, so I'm not far off. Of yours, Amber, like, I, you know, we agree on number five. Um, obviously, like when you think about you had Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, number five, correct? That's what you just said. I did. All right. So we're on the same page with that. Like, I, I think Justin Jefferson is definitely a top five wide receiver in the league. I'll just put a stamp on that. OK, I, I stand firmly on that. I, I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I don't think he's an exceptional quarterback, which is why they have them at number five. Number four for me. I'm going with Tua, and I'm going with Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is one of the best top wide receivers in the game of football, hands down. The speed speaks for itself. The receptions, the yard, the yak speaks for itself. But I even say Tua, the durability. Like when Tua's on the field, Amber, I know what it is. I've seen it. It's 
the question about how long can he remain on the field? And the durability is a major question. We have the same question about that, correct? We have the same question about that and the same concern. And I have the concern beyond just concussions. I mean, off air, you would ask me, you know, what's your over-under on Tua staying healthy this season? And I said, well, I haven't seen him stay healthy for an entire season if I include high school in the conversation and college in the conversation and now his professional career as well in the conversation. And certainly it's not just in terms of concussion. So durability is a primary concern with Tua. It's something that has followed him throughout his entire time in football. And frankly, it's got something that's going to follow him moving forward as well as why they haven't given him an extension yet. I don't think the Dolphins are going to. They pick up the fifth year option. They don't give him an extension. They need to find out not if he's good because he showed that last season. They need to find out if he's durable. Boom. That's number four. Next up. This is where it gets a little bit dicey for me, right? Because I know at number two, you had Diggs and you had Allen. I have the number three on my list. And there's no doubt both of those guys are at the top of their categories, respectively, with their talents, right? Uh, we've seen Josh Allen get so far as AFC Championship game. We've seen it one time. Like, I, I know what – and obviously, I, I think a little bit of the muck that they have going on that we saw last year when they lost to Joe Burrow – That was a little bit eye-opening to me about still the maturation process for them both, in particular Josh Allen, with when you're down, getting your top dog the ball, and how they're going to communicate. And so talent-wise, I think they're right there at the best of the best, but continuity and what they're figuring out and that equating to championship material, I I still have them at number three. That's number three for me. Number two, that's where I go into Hurts and A.J. Brown. Like Now, look, I mean, last year, 14-1, and I mean, Jalen Hurts is smooth. Like, it never feels forced. It feels like you know exactly what time it is. And A.J. Brown is just a dog. I mean, the sides, the frame. I know you had them at number three, Amber. But for me, them getting to a Super Bowl further than what I've seen Allen and Diggs achieve so far in their career, that would have them at number two on my list. And then number one. Or did you want to respond, Amber? No, no, no. I'll respond after. Give us number one. Then number one, I go with Joe Burrow, and I go with Jamar Chase. I just think Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. Other than Patrick Mahomes, I think he's the second-best quarterback in the league. If Travis Kelsey, if I were deeming him as a wide out, I know he's a tight end. Even though he has a duality with what he does in the field, I would have them number one. But I just think as it relates to the top quarterback and wide receiver duo, that's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to me. See, now Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase also haven't won a Super Bowl. If you want to go ahead and hold that against them like you did against Buffalo. They have been. They have been to a Super Bowl. They have had more postseason success so far than that combination between Allen and Diggs. Uh, I don't have much difference in my list between my list and your list. What is surprising to me is that our lists are so similar, frankly. It's just the order that's slightly different. And the only reason I think that you would end up giving a knock against Stefan Diggs and that Josh Allen combination, in addition to the lack of postseason success, like you said, is the drama. And I kind of didn't take the drama in the offseason into account, but I think it's fair if you do take that drama into account. Otherwise, we pretty much agree on everything. I'm surprised we both have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on our list. Now, you said in your analysis, you said Justin Jefferson is a top five wide receiver. I mean, is anybody arguing otherwise? The argument is is he the best receiver in the National Football League? Because, like, top five. I mean, nobody's arguing he's outside of the top five, right? Well, some some have argued that he's not in their top five. 
Right. My boy well, they be used to say, that. "Yeah, but the Keyshawn used oh, to say that." Oh, what does Keyshawn Johnson know about receiving Look, in the NFL? Uh, he's not here to defend himself. I, I, w- <laughs> I wish he was. We'll be talking about it. We'll be arguing about it because obviously he's played the position for a very long time and has a lot of authority on what he sees. I, I, I vehemently disagree with him on that. But it does lead to the Kirk Cousins conversation, Amber, that we were talking about during the break, which I, I think is so fun to practice in real time. Like if you were to name your top three NFC quarterbacks, top three NFC quarterbacks, who would they be? Like, obviously, we're, we're all starting with Jalen Hurts as number one, correct? Right, that's easy. Jalen Hurts, number one. I think that that's an easy conversation. Dak, for me, number two. Dak, that's Dak pretty easy. easy number two? I think Dak's an easy number two because, frankly, I think you could argue even Dak's number one because of the small sample size of success here for Jalen Hurts. But I would go Jalen and then Dak, and then after that, it gets very, very murky. I mean, you could make a argument for Kirk Cousins being three, a top three quarterback in the NFC. Easy. So, so, I mean, I got into this with Stephen A on first take because he had Brock Purdy number two. And obviously, (laughs) I I said, look, the sample size for me was too small. Did he have Jalen Hurts as number one, though? Yes, because Jalen Hurts so number one. And Brock I guess Purdy sample size not scaring him off. For me, sample size scares me off with Brock Purdy. And then the fact that everybody looks great at like I feel like I could look pretty good playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in that Shanahan system. Well, so that's what I said. I said, no, could you make a could you make a case if you were to put Justin Fields or if you were to put a guy like Dak Prescott in that Kyle Shanahan offense, would you get the same results or maybe would you get better? Better. That's better. what I feel. It's not a knock to Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy has a chance to be special, but also like seeing the way he got the job, I'm not going to hold that against him, but like he came out of nowhere. I want to see him sustain that. Now, obviously coming off injury, that's going to be a big time question. Can he sustain that level of play now when there's a target on your back to be that guy? I mean, listen, the scouts get things wrong, right? Uh, Tom Brady was, what, a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder? The scouts get things wrong. The scouts have never gotten it so wrong that it's Mr. Irrelevant who becomes Mm. a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's just never happened in the history of the NFL. Is it possible? Absolutely. And maybe Brock Purdy found himself in the perfect situation for that to happen. But there's a reason coming out of college that nobody was looking at him in terms of the scouting report, right? I mean, there was concerns there with Brock Purdy. It wasn't on anybody's radar. It's remarkable what he's done in that system, but I also saw others do it in that system. Although, except for Trey Lance, I haven't seen him do it. Yeah, I mean, the one guy who's supposed to do it in that system, I haven't seen too in that system. I'm with you. I mean, but you got like obviously out in Seattle, Geno Smith had one hell of a year last season. You've been seeing the maturation between him and Pete Carroll, Matthew Stafford, even though the back issues, like he just won a Super Bowl the year before. I mean, there's even Derek Carr is now in the NFC, right? So, like, you know, look, I think the Saints are an underrated team. Obviously, health was a big thing for them last year. We'll see how Michael Thomas comes back and plays as well. Mm. Uh, right, wait, how, I'm, how I'm many not more saying years they are, are we having I'm the, just saying they're going to be in that conversation. I mean, how many more times are we having the Michael Thomas conversation? You can I always join you. the conversation here on ESPN Radio. That's where we find Jason. Jason is in Connecticut. Jason says we are missing someone from our duos. Who do you have for us, Jason? Mm. I am. Uh, good morning, and uh, bless both of y'all. I love the show. Listen to it all the time. But uh, Devontae Adams, I, I'm not even hearing his name mentioned. He had two quarterbacks that uh, he's been over 1,000 yards with. Now, I know he has a new year with Jimmy G, but Jimmy G, everywhere he's gone, uh, has had success. So I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G and uh, Devontae Adams are going to be that duo this year. I mean, are they even starting as a duo this that's season, Jay, I mean, with Jimmy foot. Garoppolo coming off that injury and surgery? That's my that's my question. I mean, and, and by the way, 
let's not act like Devontae Adams is not that happy right now with what's going on with that organization, right? Like going there for Derek Carr, now watching so many things transpire, there's obviously somewhat of a gripe going on there with the Adams and the Raiders. And who knows what Jimmy G is going to look like outside of that Shanahan system that you and I just talked so much about. So I think it's premature to judge them as one of the best duos in the NFL. Mm. Devontae Adams was on many of our lists for best receiver in the NFL, but best receiver doesn't necessarily mean you have the best quarterback throwing you the football or you have the best duo in tandem. Again, you can always join the conversation, Triple Eight, say ESPN. We love when you do that here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Jay Williams hanging out with you this morning. Coming up next, how leaked emails became the downfall of multiple men in the NFL. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is ESPN Radio. Many men, they found their downfall in the NFL thanks to those leaked emails, at least two particular men. That is according to Don Van Notta Jr. and Seth Wickersham, who wrote a bombshell of a story, a heck of a story, on ESPN.com about those leaked emails from John Gruden. It plays out like a soap opera, like a dirty soap opera, frankly, when it comes to the NFL. There's a lot to it. Before we get to that, though, we love when you join the conversation. We've been ranking quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL. You you guys are very opinionated on the matter. We appreciate you for it. Triple Eight say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation here on ESPN Radio. Jason is in Florida. Hey, Jason, thanks for the call. Who's your duo? Hey, good morning, guys. I don't know how you leave off Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup just a couple of years ago, dominating the NFL, the number one tandem. And then before Cooper Cup went out last year, they were dominating again. So, again, Super Bowl champions just recently. And we forget how good Matt Stafford really is. The guy's a great quarterback. He still is the numbers, everything in Cooper Cup, what he does. They got to be up there like top three. See, I don't know if they're top three for me, Jason and and Amber. Like, I think Matthew Stafford is a really talented guy, and I'm I'm never going to knock Cooper Cup and what he was able to do, Triple Crown, right? But, like, at the same time, the health of Matthew Stafford is concerning for me. It's like an ongoing issue. 
they caught lightning in a bottle a couple of years ago and it resulted in a Super Bowl championship. If we were ranking the wide receiver quarterback duos after 2001, fine. The problem is where we're at now in 2003 and where we're at is coming off of an injury riddled season for that team and a team that was bad this past season, surprisingly bad this past season. It ain't going to be surprising if they're bad this next season. Sean McVay was thinking about retiring because it's so rough right now (laughs) for the Los Angeles Rams. That's the reality of the situation. So it's I'm not trying to take anything away from what they did and particularly what Cooper Cup did in that Super Bowl. That duo was a phenomenal duo. It feels like a flash of lightning in a pan, though, Jay. Mm, it just yeah. doesn't feel sustainable anymore. I'm with you. Chris in Michigan. What do you got, Chris? Chris. Chris, are you with us? Chris, I hear you. I hear the car. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Who's your duo? Awesome. So I think you guys are sleeping on Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown has almost 200 catches and over 2,000 yards. He's only in year three. And look at where Jared Goff was statistically last year in the NFC. And he's a proven. You talk about sample sizes. Hold on, Chris. Hold on, Chris. Chris, hold on, hold on. Top five? Like, I hear you, if you're coming up with the sleepers list. It's not as crazy as he's making it sound by the numbers. And we do this with Jared Goff, in fairness to Jared Goff. I mean, when we were off air and we were having that conversation about NFC quarterbacks and where do they rank, I mean, I said, like, Goff is going to end up being a top five in that conversation by the numbers. And St. Brown, when you're pulling his numbers, he's racked up a ton of catches, averaging 10.6 yards per reception, 11 touchdowns in 33 contests. The numbers are there for both of those guys, but top five, 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 I agree with you. It's you have to consider the competition. Well, that's why I wanted to ask Chris. Chris, where in the top five would you have Jared Goff and St. Brown? You still there? I think Chris is gone. Chris is gone? Chris no, is no I'm longer. Here. Okay. Oh. We're, like, we're in the top five because now, now I'm curious. Yep. Where exactly? I'm talking, you're talking about the end of 2023. I guarantee. Oh, by the end of 2020, so 23-24? Oh, I think we lost. Yeah, we're, we're punting on. We're punting on whatever his awesome. connection is there. Chris has connection issues, nevertheless. Again, they're actually a duo that I think you could have the conversation about whether they should be a top 10, yeah, I suppose. Yes. I can't I can't go ahead and have the conversation about top five. I mean, there's other duos I would put in there before I ever even got to that Jared Goff-St. Brown connection. I would have Herbert and Allen in there way before I would have Jared Goff and St. Brown. And by the way, but that's a projection now for, hey, like they're top 10, teetering that top 10. But I think they will be top five by the end of this 23-24 season, then I like that. I, I, that would be something I would take a bet on, right? Like, like, I will lean into that because of what their numbers were last year, but to say they're top five right now with the body of work I've seen thus far, like I can't say that. Yeah, I'd have Dak and CeeDee Lamb in there before I had them, frankly. I think that there's several duos we could have that conversation about in rounding out just our top 10. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Roman is in Florida. Roman, who did we miss? Hey, guys. Okay, um... First of all, dude, I got to say, DeMar Hamlin had me tearing up last night. That was great, man. Yeah, he did. Um, I would put T. Higgins and Joe Burrow in there somewhere. I would have Joe Burrow on the list twice. Have him on the list twice. That's interesting. Because, I mean, you can. I actually like that nomination. You can make an argument for it. I mean, to me, it's that Jamar Chase connection that's going to be at the top of this list and make a top five. Joe Burrow is not going to make another appearance again on that list in a top five setting for me, but that's interesting putting him on the list twice. You could make that argument. Roman, I do want to say thank you though, because you know, last night, Amber, I have to tell you watching DeMar Hamlin give away the Pat Tillman award for service Mm -hmm. and bringing out the Buffalo Bills staff 
right, that have that helped him through that moment, like the EMTs, all that. Like you, um, you know, we often talk a lot about the importance of players, individual stats. We don't talk a lot about the team aspects. And, like, you know, when we talk about coaches, we don't talk about the assistant coaches or the staff or the the, the entirety of what makes up a team. And, and watching him last night stand there at the podium and start to break down and then award the staff of the Buffalo Bills the Pat Tillman Award for service was just – and watching them all hug, like that's what team sports is all about to me. It was just a beautiful moment that I think deserves praise. Yeah, it is the unsung heroes of what happens there, right, when it it comes to these teams and that medical staff is so important. They don't get enough attention. We rarely even get to see the faces behind those departments. And then, of course, what they did in terms of saving DeMar Hamlin's life, it was a really beautiful moment. He had all the first responders out there, everybody who does deserve that kind of attention, right? It is the medical staffs and the first responders that save people that deserve so much attention. They just typically don't get it. So I thought that was really cool. On a night where you're honoring all these athletes, honor the people behind these athletes that do make it all possible. And what an incredible moment. He was so incredibly emotional in that moment. And it made everybody else emotional. Yeah, Jay, and also shout well. out to Pat McAfee. I mean, I think he did a great job. Obviously, whenever you're filling in the shoes for a guy like Kevin Hart, who is out due to the writer's strike uh, and potential actor strike that's on the way, uh, standing with his family on that, I, I, I respect it. And, and Pat was a savage last night, too. We'll talk about that at the top of the show. Coming up next, we're going to get to Ben Simmons. Uh-oh. Situation. This is ESPN Radio. More next.